When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. It is hour three, and Joe Wiz joins us now. He's got his own gambling shows here on 98.7 ESPN. You can hear him each and every Sunday morning, 6 a.m., leading into my fantasy football show. And uh, as I I said when we went to break, uh, love having you on Saturdays because we want to feed the people some winners so they can go into Sunday in the green, not the red. And when you're playing the NFL with house money, boy, it's a really good feeling. How are you doing this afternoon, Joe? Hey, Anita. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, I agree. I like college football better than the NFL. Most people like betting the NFL because they're more familiar with it. But the reality of it is, if you ask any smart bookmaker, they'll tell you that you know they're more afraid of people betting college football than they are people betting the NFL. And it's the same thing in the old days. Back in Vegas, you were able to walk in and bet 10 or 20 dimes on a football NFL game. But in college, they would let you bet maybe two or three dimes on a game because they were always afraid that you had that information because uh, there's so much stuff going on in college football when you have 100 games to choose from. Uh, all right, well, let's dive into it. Uh, many fe- people feel that the best game on the slate this week is uh, kicking off at 3.30 this afternoon, a little over uh, 90 minutes. Oregon in Washington. Washington favored by three, the over-under is 66.5. I like the Ducks here just because Washington's defense, especially their red zone defense, isn't great. I'm also going to take the team total over points. Uh, for the Ducks as well. That's how I'm playing this. What say you? Yeah, when you take a look at it here, uh, these two teams are almost evenly matched. Um, Washington is favored at home only because they're at home. For those of the new people listening out there, normally they'll give you a three-point edge whenever there's a home team playing. But if this was on a neutral site, this game would be a pick 'em. The line, the total of this game is at 66 and a half. Uh, Washington, uh, they beat Arizona in their last game, 31-24. Uh, when you look at the quarterbacks here, I mean, both sensational quarterbacks. Washington has Michael Penix Jr., who passed for 1,999 yards. On the other hand, Bo Nix, 1,459 yards. I mean, the one difference I see between these two teams is the defense. Oregon's defense is ranked number sixth in the country. Washington's defense is ranked number 62nd. I normally defer to the better defensive team. I'm getting points. I'm not too worried about playing in Seattle. Um, Oregon has done well overall. Um, they're 7-3 in the last 10 meetings against Washington. I'm taking the Ducks in an upset, um, taking the three, but I think they can win the game outright as well. Yeah, uh, and you can get the money line at plus 136 if you so choose. Uh, so there is that. Um, some other really good games. Uh, one might argue, hey, no, what about USC going up against Notre Dame uh, later on today? So uh, you've got Notre Dame at home favored by two and a half, the over-under 60 and a half. How are you playing this one, Joe? 
Yeah, Anita, I know when you take a look at USC, 13 of the last 14 games going back to last year have gone over the total. As you mentioned, the total game is at 60. And Khalil Williams has been on the tote board as the favorite through the Heisman all season long. And, you know, just in his last game, he only had 219 passing yards. And uh, this is a big game for Khalil because um, right now I'm not sure he is the best quarterback in college football. The guy on the other end might be uh, just as good as him, and that's Sam Hartman. And Sam Hartman had a terrible game last week. If we were, When I was on the air with you last week we talked about Notre Dame and Louisville I put out an upset alert and sure enough Sam Hartman drew three interceptions and uh, Notre Dame lost at Louisville last week 33 to 20 um, again I'm going to defer to the better defensive team here and that is Notre Dame um, their defense is much better than the Trojans the Trojans have given up 41 41 and 28 points in the last three games Anita and it just barely got by the skin of their teeth in these games here against teams like Arizona they had a big lead on Colorado and they barely got by Colorado, and we've seen what a phony Colorado is. Did you see that score last night? They were 29 nothing. They lost They lost to Stanford. Um, so I'm taking Notre Dame. I'm laying the three uh, with the Fighting Irish. I know there's some two and a halfs out there as well. Uh, some of my guys took the money line, but it's kind of high to do the money line. I think the Fighting Irish, the defense will be the difference here. Um, and uh, last time they were at home, they uh, shut down Ohio State, and I think USC is going to have a problem scoring against this tough uh, Fighting Irish uh, defense. Yeah, the uh, the money line is minus 142. The over-under is 60 and a half. I actually like the under here. Weather conditions, not ideal for USC in that high-flying offense. So uh, so that would me, be my play is the under. Another game you like is Missouri going up against Kentucky. Kentucky at home, favored by two. The over-under is 50 and a half. What side are you on here? Yeah, when you look at this game here, this would be a good college basketball game, which start, college basketball starts another month. I'm really excited, November 6th. Uh, the Tigers, both of these teams suffered losses last week. Uh, Missouri lost to LSU 49-39, and uh, Kentucky had their first loss of the season. They lost to Georgia 51-13. Um, when you take a look at it here, this line opened up at 2.5. It's gone down to 1.5. I see some ones out there. Um, uh, the over has gone uh, over uh, eight of the last ten me- times uh, Missouri has played, and uh, Missouri has a really good quarterback here, and I think that's going to be the difference in this game here. Brady Cook set an SEC record prior to last week when he threw a pick six against LSU. Prior to that, he had 366 passes without an interception. Um, the line indicates Missouri, even though they're playing on the road, Kentucky has dominated the series. They've won the last 11. I'm going with the quarterback, Brady Cook, Missouri, to pull off the mild upset over Kentucky. Uh, so you know, the money line is plus 105. Uh, you're going to take the points? You're going to take them on the money line? There's not much value with the money line in either at plus 105. Um, to be honest with you, the line was two and a half earlier uh, in the day, and yesterday I had taken a plus three, and I'm still recommending to people that they can get the three. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game here, but um, the quarterback edge goes to Missouri. They like to go up and down the field. This is going to test the Wildcats defense, and I think that Missouri um, matches up well against them. I, I like Missouri. Um, I like to grab the plus three. You know how I, I'm always a penny pincher when it comes to these 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 spreads. I'm always looking to get the best number possible right uh well i mean it's a two so so if you you, you, you want to buy let's it take the three, three anita i'm, I'm grabbing yeah. three i'm taking three let's take three with uh let's take three with missouri you'll have to put up a little extra juice i talk about this a lot on the shows and you know it's so important whenever there's a line if you're playing a dog it's a two or two and a half i always like to move the line up to three and just the event because sometimes a push is as good as a win look at what happened thursday night anita with this denver bronco team here i'm in kansas city the whole world was on kansas city in that game and i was 
10 and a half. Some people had 11. Some people had 11 and a half. So those half points make a big difference whether you win or lose. And, uh, and 10 and a half, it's such an odd number to buy it up to 11. But um, I did just to get a push, and I was happy. And that, to me, was a moral victory, getting a push in that game. Um, I'm going to throw two games out to you that I like today, and that's UNC. I keep on riding uh, Drake May, and for good reason. I, I think he's the best quarterback in college football. Even I, I think he's even better than Caleb Williams. And not to say that Caleb Williams is bad. Caleb Williams is awesome. I just think the ceiling for Drake May and, and, and how his game will translate to the NFL uh, is, 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 is even better. Um, he's at home today, minus three. Again, not going to be mad at you if you want to buy the hook down to minus two and a half. Miami coming in after a horrific loss uh, last week. Horrible, horrible coaching calls. Having to deal with that and that drama, they can get on the road and come to uh, to, to Chapel Hill to take on North Carolina. So, and, and Drake May, I, I think, has just been tremendous. So I do like North Carolina here. Any play in this game? Yeah, the last four meetings, three of the four have been decided by three points or less, Anita. And when you look at it, four of the last five games between Miami and North Carolina have gone over the total. I looked at this game here. You have to wonder what the mental state of mind is going to be for Miami. All they have to do is take a knee. And Mario Cristobal, the head coach, blamed his offensive coordinator and made him go out in a press conference on Monday and have the OC take the blame for it. That was, a, that was another low blow for Mario Cristobal. He gets paid millions of dollars, and he should have just took the knee, and that was it. But be that as it may, um, I like the Tolders game. Um, I'm playing the over. Um, the series of these two, uh, you know, pretty much evenly matched. Um, Drake Bay, as you mentioned, he could be the best quarterback in college football right now. Uh, the total is at uh, 56 right now, 57. Um, I like the over. I'm expecting a high-scoring affair here. The last time the two teams met here in uh, North Carolina in 2021, the score was 45-42. That would be a nice score for me to go over. UCLA going up against Oregon State. I like the under here at 54. Uh, UCLA, great defense, giving up just 12 points or less this season to their opponents. Top three rushing defense. Also, they've got a freshman quarterback and more who's been struggling. Uh, I think Chip Kelly uses kid gloves with him. They don't really, uh, you know, are, are uber aggressive offensively. Oregon State, their defense has only given up nine points, if not fewer, at home. That's where they'll be. They're a running team. I think they're going to eat up time of possession. And also the weather is not supposed to be great. So I like the under here at 54. What say you? Yeah, you see teams are meeting up in Corvallis right now. I see the line at three and a half. The totals at fifty-three and a half. Um, I lean small towards the home team here. I give the edge to the quarterback at DJ Ugalali. Um, he's the the difference in this game. As you mentioned, uh, Kelly's got a, a, a freshman quarterback. He's made a lot of mistakes. Um, I prefer to go with the home team at minus three. Again, if you see the hook out there, don't get burned by the hook. All these sports books let you get alternative lines and let you buy a half down, whatever the case may be. I lean towards the Beavers and this matchup here uh, at minus three. And, of course, take a look at the weather conditions because it's going to be a factor in some areas of the country as we see in the Northeast with this Rutgers-Michigan State game as well. Again, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Uh, let's uh, take a look at the NFL right here in our own backyard, what's going on with our New York teams. The Jets hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. This line opened up at seven, dropped to six and a half, dropped to six at one point. Back up to six and a half. Both these teams dealing with a plethora of injuries. The over-under is 41 and a half. How are you playing this, Joe? 
Yeah, when you look at it here, the Jets, um, you know, they beat Denver last week, Anita, but they struggled against Denver, and uh, a win is a win, but giving up 21 points to the Broncos, um, and that Jet defense is a little bit uh, shaky there, but uh, Brees Hall had 177 yards, and right on my Twitter feed, Joe with Sports, last week, uh, yesterday, put it out, uh, I'm going to go out, I'm taking a shot with the Jets in this game here, plus the seven, they got a bye week coming up next week, and then they have the Giants, so, you know, if somehow if they can hang with the uh, Eagles, I think there is a possibility, uh, Philadelphia, uh, uh, right now is 5-0, and but uh, I think that um, this game could be decided late, and uh, I think there's a shot for the Jets to keep it a low-scoring affair. Weather's supposed to be okay, unlike today. The weather in here in this area is supposed to be good tomorrow, um, but um, getting Jets plus seven, if they could play as good as they did against Kansas City a couple weeks ago when they went right down to the wire in that game, I think they could hang with the Eagles. It won't be easy, but um, you know, their Jets are obviously losing their one of their best offensive linemen, and Vera is obviously a big factor, but this line has dropped. You know, the public is on the Eagles, yet the line is uh, dropping. I see some six out there, so I'm on the home dog. Jets, again, looking to get seven in what I expect to be a low-scoring affair. Uh, last but not least, let's talk about the Giants. They're playing Sunday night. I'm sure NBC would love to flex this bad boy. Uh, the Buffalo Bills now are favored by 15. 15. The over-under is 44. No Daniel Jones. It's going to be Tyrod Taylor. No word yet on Saquon Barkley, although I'm not expecting. Until I hear that he's practicing fully and looks good at practice, I'm just anticipating Matt Breida. So, and this Buffalo Bills team, uh, granted, I, I know they lost uh, in, in London, but more importantly, they annihilated the Miami Dolphins, which a lot of people feel that's a team uh, that has the, uh, the ability to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> this is just, this is going to be ugly, Joe. Uh, any, yeah, well, any play here, any play here in this matchup. Yes, I do have a play, and I'll tell you what. Um, Buffalo opened up as a 12.5-point favorite and 48 at the beginning of the week when Daniel Jones was still probable. Now the line's at 15 and 44. When you look at it here, uh, Buffalo Bills are – 0-6 against the spread last six versus the Giants. I know it goes back a little bit, but five of the six Buffalo Bill games have gone under the total. Everyone thinks that Buffalo, Josh Allen, can score a lot, and they can, as we saw against Miami. But, you know, five of six is under. They have gone under the total. And the Giants, we know, can't score. I mean, that score is deceiving last week when they beat my, when they lost to Miami 31-16. and had a pick six to keep it close. The total, I would like to go under 44. But, Anita, don't dismiss the Giants with the 15, and I'm going to tell you one reason why uh, I look at Brian Dable. He's the former offensive coordinator of a Buffalo. Okay, He's good friends with the whole team up there. If this team is up, if Buffalo's up two touchdowns, do you think they're going to want to run up the score knowing that Dable's struggling? If they're good friends with him, they might just you know, pull the, hold the, you know, not maybe push it to the level uh, because he was really liked. And they say Josh Allen hasn't been the same since Dable has left. If there's some friendship there between them two and the uh, Bills organization, I know they all like Dable. Uh, maybe if it's a uh, you know, blowout and it's 14 late, you might get the win with the 15. So with that being said, I play the under, but um, you know, if I was going to take the bet, it would be the Giants plus the 15, only because of the factor I just mentioned with Brian Dable. Yeah, and, and, and like, I, I'm with you. I'm staying away from this game. I'm not betting it, but I, but I hear you. I think if the, if the Bills are up in the fourth quarter, especially Tyrod Taylor with connections there, Joe Shane with connections there, uh, Brian Dable with connections there, I don't think they want to come out and humiliate any of these men. So I could see the Bills like taking their, their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, and, and I could see the Giants covering here. 
uh, with that backdoor cover. So so I, I, I see and I, I like where you're coming from, Joe. Uh, before yeah. you go, let, let the folks know where they can find you and, uh, and, and what's coming their way soon right here on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks. Every Saturday morning we get it off at 7 a.m. with all the college football games. And then, of course, uh, Sunday mornings right before your fantasy show, we kick off the Sunday. I have a preview of all the NFL games, including the London matchup tomorrow between the Ravens and Titans. I'll be on at 6 a.m. And, of course, on Twitter at Joe with Sports. I put out picks all the time on Twitter or Instagram, Joe with Sports. And, Nate, it's always a pleasure being on. And uh, hopefully uh, people uh, can uh, pick up some money from some of the information we shared with them today. Fantastic. Great stuff, Joe. Appreciate you. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. You got it. Joe is uh, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., and then uh, and then I follow him at uh, 7 a.m. with Fantasy Forecast. And then, of course, Amani Toomer and Mike Tannenbaum join me for New York Game Day coming your way from 8 to 11 a.m. right here on 98.7 ESPN. Chubba, hubba, chubbard. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I'm looking out my window. It's rainy. It's gross. It's disgusting. I didn't play pickleball this morning. Dogs aren't going to the dog park this afternoon. They're moping around the house. Um, Joe, do you have a, I, I may have asked you, do you have a dog? Do you have a pet? Do you have anything? Do you have an animal? Yes, you, I are do. Are you responsible for anything, Joe? Yes, anything. I am. Uh, a nine-pound Yorkie named Abby. <laughs> Is she sweet? Yorkies can be temperamental. She's very sweet, doesn't really bark, and she's missing her front canine, so her tongue hangs out at all times. Oh, that's adorable. My guy Frankie, his tongue hangs out all the time. It's really, really cute. Um, <laughs> so uh, they're they're just they're they're mo- they know like they know they know Saturday is dog dog park day, and and I, I, they go to the dog park during the week as well. But, you know, it's hit or miss depending on my work schedule. But they know Saturdays is like big dog park day. So and knowing what the weather is outside, they know they're not going to the dog park. And so they're just they're moping around. They're like they're like miserable little teenagers who can't go to the prom. You know, it's been a month and a half of that. They're not going to the last couple Saturdays. It's been raining for like two months. Yeah, good thing my work week is Thursday through Monday. It's 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 got its po- it's got its positives, but it's also it also has its negatives. Uh, there's no denying that. Uh, by the way, this week uh, back on MSG, really excited about it. Um, the better half, 
Uh, the gambling show on MSG. I'll be on uh, each and every week, sometimes twice a week. So really excited about that. Had a had a fun segment that we did this week called um, uh, Anita. I'm trying to remember what it's. So it's it's not up or down, but it's like, gosh, I should know what it is. I just did it this Thursday. Uh, something like buying in. Are you in? Uh, stock up. There you go. Stock up. Stock down. Okay, you ready? Stock up, stock down on the Jets. I, my response, is that even a question? Like, I, like I'm stocked down, but it was funny. In the break, you said uh, Gordon Damer threw out a question like, which New York team has the better quarterback? Uh, you know, I, I do believe it's, it's Daniel Jones, but I'm sure there's other people out there who disagree. Um, I think based on, on how Jets fans have seen uh, Zach Wilson play as of late. Maybe they feel that it's stock up, but I just, I think it's stock. I think they're going to get crushed by the Eagles this week. And uh, I think it's going to be really, really tough sledding for them to get into the postseason. Uh, the AFC North is, is uber competitive. The AFC South is more competitive than I anticipated. Like, do you really think that they're going to get in over Miami, the bills? Cause obviously one's going to win. The other one's going to have a better record. The Ravens, Cincinnati, or Pittsburgh. Can you believe Pittsburgh is tied with the Ravens in the AFC North? That's wild to me. Um, good thing for their defense. And, uh, and, and of course, Kansas City or the Chargers. So I just – so stock down for me when it comes to the Jets, and I'm sure that doesn't surprise a lot of people out there. Uh, for the Giants, stock down as well. Uh, this week, Tyrod Taylor. Again, I'm anticipating uh, – no Saquon Barkley. We'll see. Haven't heard anything yet. The offensive line is a mess. Their defense is horrible. Um, so stock down for me for both. Agree Agree or disagree with that, Joe? I agree with the quarterback situation, not necessarily the team as a whole. Mm. Just so because think, the defense think, is that good. You think either of these teams are going to make it to the postseason? The Jets still have a shot. I think their season's still alive just because they beat the Bills. I don't think with that Jet defense, Miami, like they could split against Miami. They could definitely beat New England in the last game of the season. I don't think the Chargers are that good, so that's a win. Plus, you know, they have Cupcakeville in the back half of their schedule playing teams like the Texans, which they're clearly better than. So if they beat Miami... I think this is this team's a playoff team. The Philadelphia Eagles stock up for me. They've got the best offensive line in the NFL, hence the tush push. Uh, their front seven is sick. DeAndre Swift, the addition to the offense, has just been unbelievable. Here's the thing, though. Their schedule, as well as the 49ers, top 10 in regard to the most difficult schedule remaining for the remainder of the year out of all 32 teams in the NFL. Mark your calendar. December 3rd, uh, they, are, they are playing the 49ers. At home, though, they're, they're playing in Philadelphia. That game very well could decide the number one seed in the NFC. But I still stock up with the Eagles, right? Oh, for sure. I think they're the best team in the entire NFL. I know a lot of people are high on the Niners. I like Philadelphia because they have two new coordinators and they haven't, quote-unquote, hit their stride yet. So give me Philly all the way. I'm going to surprise you with this. The Detroit Lions, probably 
the best stock up for me. And I mean way up. I love this Detroit Lions team so much. They check all the boxes, right? They beat Kansas City in week one. They've been dominant against bad teams. They're excellent on both sides of the football. Explosive offense, aggressive defense. Their offense and defensive lines just, they've got the second best offensive line behind the Eagles. Hutchinson has been a complete beast. They've got arguably one of the best head coaches in the NFL. All, all four of their rookies that they drafted this year are contributing. All four of them. Tight end, linebacker, running back, safety, all four of them. And they have the easiest schedule remaining of all 32 teams for the remainder of the season. The app, it is a cakewalk. Whatever that means. It is a cakewalk. Meanwhile, like I said, the Eagles and the 49ers both rank in the top 10 in regards to the most difficult schedules remaining. They have to face each other, like I said, on December 3rd. And, and this is something that is not discussed enough and is really important. From this week forward to the remainder of the year, the 49ers have a negative 20-day rest disadvantage against their opponents. 20. 20. So things, things are going to start getting a lot more difficult for this 49ers team. Okay? Don't sleep on this Detroit Lions team. They very well could maybe lose one or two more games and don't be surprised if they are in the discussion for the final week of the season potentially getting the number one seed in the NFC if not the second seed okay they need to beat Tampa Bay for me Detroit if they beat Tampa Bay this is a game that they're supposed that they should win but it's a dome team going outside Baker's been playing really really well this year Win this game, and then I, I'm in lockstep with you. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to throw another curveball your way, and that is I'm down on Kansas City. Okay? Um, they lost to the Lions in week one. They have beaten the Jags, the Bears, the Jets, almost lost to the Jets, as we know, the Vikings, Denver. This is what's coming up for them. The Chargers, the Dolphins, the Eagles, Cincinnati, who's playing a lot better now because Joe Burrow's healthier, and the Bills. I was not impressed against Denver on Thursday night. One touchdown and five trips to the red zone. Their wide receiving core is subpar. What would they do without Travis Kelsey? Four of 13 in regard to third down conversions. If it wasn't for their defense and special teams, I'll tell you what. Kansas City would not have won that game on Thursday night. They had four sacks, three turnovers, and four field goals. Buckner got the team ball, got the game ball. I, 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 am, I, am, I am way down on Kansas City. Agree? No, I'm not betting against Mahomes. I'm not betting against Andy Reid. That division is theirs for the taking, and they're primed for at least another trip to the AFC Championship game. Interesting. 800-919-3776. Uh, let, let's go to Christian really quick in a car before we take a break, and we're going to hear from Dave Spadaro hey, from the Eagles Thanks next. Thanks for taking the call there. Hi. How you doing? 
Great. So I have a quick question for you. I uh, listened to you in the beginning of the year. I took Jacoby Myers and Gainwell as some late-round picks for my bench. Um, I do currently have Javonta Williams and Brees Hall as my running backs. But I was wondering, do do I continue to hold on to Gainwell, or do you think it's time to maybe uh, let him go with Swift doing really well? Yeah, I I, I think it's time. DeAndre Swift is uh, has, has really taken over that backfield uh, for the Eagles. He's just... I, I thought that that backfield, it, here's the thing. Week one, you got the feeling that it was Gainwell's backfield, right? And then unfortunately he got injured and the door opened up for Swift to come in and boy, did he come in and he dominated. So now I, I believe that it's Swift's backfield. So yeah, Gain, Gainwell to me is no more than, than a solid flex play when you need him or in a good matchup. Unless DeAndre Swift gets hurt, I think I think then you know you circle back with Gainwell. But uh, Swift has been just so fantastic that I just Gainwell to me doesn't have a lot of value. But it looked promising in Week One, but then unfortunately he got injured, and Swift has just been too good to bench. He's just so explosive. So yeah, if you're asking me if now is the time to part your way uh, with Gainwell, I'd say yes. I have as well in a number of my leagues. 800-919-3776. We come back. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Dave Spadaro, part of the Eagles broadcast team. We'll get a, um, an update in regard to what their health issues are, what Jets fans can expect from the, uh, the Eagles coming to town. That next here on 90.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back. Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, you've got a big Jets-Eagles matchup coming your way tomorrow. Davis Spadaro, who's part of the Eagles broadcast team, joins us now here on 98.7 ESPN. So, Dave, uh, first things first, looking at this Eagles team, they're 5-0, and right? They're 5-0. and but they've had some close calls. One would say that possibly Washington would have gone for two. Maybe this is an Eagles team that's four and one. Last year, they came out and just annihilated people in the first quarter in the first half. That has not been the case. They have not been as dominant to start the games as they were last season. Like, what, what gives here? What's your take on this team so far this season? Yeah, I think it really boils down to the red zone offensively. They just haven't really executed as they had in the previous two seasons with Nick Sirianni. I mean, they were lights out in the red zone. But other than that, I mean, you know, the numbers, which, again, it's interesting you say that, and you know, because it really last year the complaint was, well, they're doing well in the first half, but they're not scoring in the second half. And so, you know, it's really just hard to compare last year's team and this year's team. And I think a lot of people in their minds remember the Eagles in the NFC playoffs last year that they just ran roughshod over the Giants and the 49ers. So, yeah, there's been a couple of hiccups. Um, but, I mean, they're 5-0, and and 
and that's all that matters. I mean, they, they, they get into the meat of the schedule, really, the tough part of the schedule now, and um, we'll see what happens. But I think, by and large, uh, they're very very pleased with being 5-0. But it is, it is true. The first half, they've just not scored as much, and I think the reason it boils down to the red zone, where they had been in the top five, top three for two years. Now they're at the bottom of the rankings through five weeks. Yeah, and and thank God you got Elliot back there. He's just been like the the money man, um, and just and that's everything not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, that's not a good thing all the time. You know, like he had the sixty-one yarder um, at the end of the first half a few weeks ago. He won the game against Washington with the fifty-four yarder in overtime. Great stuff. But a lot of his field goals have come from drives that stalled in the red zone. So that's something they're working on and. I'm going to tell you this, and you know, I think with the offensive line, with the talent they have, with the scheme that they have, I'll say that they will, you know, kind of um, regress to the mean, and that will be a good thing for the Eagles. Again, Dave Spadaro joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, you, you talk about them getting into the meat and potatoes of their schedule. You're absolutely right. Jets, Dolphins, Kansas City, Bills, 49ers, and Seattle, I, I think Seattle is better than what we've seen so far. Of course, that game is in, in December, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, th- this line has been fluctuating. Very interesting. Opened up at seven, dropped down to six and a half. At one point, dropped down to six. It's now sitting at six and a half. There are a number of, sh- like, sharp money out there who feel that the Jets are going to win this game. Um, you know, and, and, and maybe the, I, I feel like both teams have um, – or I should say are going to cover. Uh, both teams have a, a, a lot of injury issues that they're dealing with. So let's go through that. You know, the, for the for the Jets, Elijah Vera Tucker tore his, his Achilles. So here I'm thinking, wow, uh, Jalen Carter, who's been an absolute beast so far this season, is going to have a field day. But then, of course, uh, you know, now he's out. So talk about the defensive line. Talk about the front seven and who we can anticipate uh, will be, I like to call it, active and attractive, trying to get after Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, they, they look, Hassan Reddick has really revved things up, three sacks in the last couple of weeks, a bunch of pressures, took his cast off two weeks ago, and is a totally different quarterback, uh, rusher of the quarterback, the NH player. Um, you look at um, Fletcher Cox, who missed last week. He's now back. That's a good thing for the Eagles. Jordan Davis is still there. You know, the thing about it, Anita, is, What's so impressive about the front seven, and it, I can go on with more and more names here, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, et cetera. The Eagles last year lost Javon Hargrave in free agency. They expected to do that. And they went out, and they really have kind of made it a bit better at the defensive tackle position. Milton Williams has gotten a year better. Jordan Davis has gotten a year better. Getting Jalen Carter, who is just so talented, and it's a shame for Jets fans that they won't – well, maybe not a shame for Jets fans, but for – football fans that they won't get to see him this week and hopefully he's back in a week uh fletcher cox is back feeling energized from the young players but contavious street plays a little bit and contributes marlon tui pelotu a third-year player has been contributing on limited snaps so i mean they're really good up front and i know that it will be a loss with Jalen carter out but there are other capable players who are going to step in and look to wreck a Jets offensive line that has taken some hits. And I think the Eagles really have an advantage there. I mean, I really feel like the Eagles, for their defense to be successful, 
and Darius Slay will be out as well at cornerback. And, you know, Justin Evans out, put on IR as well at safety. For this team, this defense to have success, they really have to win up front, and that's what they've been doing. And a lot of it's come from Jalen Carter, the ninth pick in the draft. He's been everything the Eagles hoped he would be. Yeah, there's no denying that. Um, you, you just mentioned the secondary having some issues as well. Both teams, right? Because for the for the Jets, DJ Reed is out. Um, you've got uh, Sauce Gardner who's dealing with an illness. He is expected to play, but chances are he won't be 100%. So, you know, that kind of, I feel that evens out the playing field in regards to the secondary for both teams, right? Yeah, I think so. And look, I mean, the Eagles uh, have been dealing with issues in the secondary injury issues all season. They have given up a bit, quite a bit, in the secondary. The last week, what they did to the Los Angeles Rams, pitching a shutout in the second half, was truly outstanding. The adjustments they made, they go out and get Bradley Roby off the streets. He plays 25 snaps. He plays well. They gave a lot to Cooper Cup early in the game, and then I'm telling you, this defense shut the Rams down. Now, it helps when the Eagles' offense is on the field and running it up six-minute drives, seven-minute drives, eight-minute drives, which this offense is very capable of doing. That helped the Eagles' defense quite a bit last week. And so they feel like they're in a good place for this game against the Jets. The Eagles are undefeated all time against the New York Jets, 12 wins, zero losses. I believe that this team is taking the Jets very seriously because I think they just respect everybody. I think that one of the signatures of the Nick Sirianni era is that the Eagles don't go up and down. You really haven't seen many clunkers. And so I would expect the Eagles to play a good game with a lot of Eagles fans in the house on Sunday. Uh, Dave, two, two last things before I let you go and get off to your, uh, your, your Friday evening, which please understand we're so appreciative that you're joining us here. Uh, number one is uh, Swift being added to that backfield. Unbelievable. I mean, just, you know, this offense was so good last year. With him, the addition of him has just been unbelievable. He was great in in Detroit, but boy, has he shined in Philadelphia, right? Like, talk about what he has meant to this offense. Yeah, and and, you know, it's, look, I mean, I think everybody respects DeAndre Swift and his ability, excellent receiver, I didn't realize, I knew he was good outside the tackles. I didn't realize he was so powerful and ran so hard inside, in between the tackles. And so, you know, he's done a great job. He stayed healthy, knock on wood. That's been his challenge for his entire career is his health. And running behind a great offensive line, the Eagles run the football. You know, um, they just are good. And they work him into the rotation. They work Kenneth Gainwell into the rotation, Boston Scott who always has big games up at MetLife Stadium, get him some carries, get him some touches. Uh, and so, But, yeah, DeAndre's been outstanding. Really interesting, though, you know, first game, three touches, I believe, and every, the fans are going, wait, what? Who? What's he doing? But then he roared back against the Minnesota Vikings, and he's been just outstanding ever since. Last but not least, call it the brotherly shove, the tush-push, whatever you want to call it. T- Two-part question here. Number one, why do you think more teams in the NFL don't do it? And why is it so unstoppable? Well, I think teams try to do it, but it's not as easy as it looks. And I remember last year when, when Jalen Hurts was injured and Gardner Minshew ran it against Dallas, and it was like, 
a disaster because he stayed up high and took a pounding. So you have to, it's, it's a, it's, it helps that Jalen Hurts can, in his days of lifting heavy, squatted 600 pounds. It helps that the Eagles offensive line is extremely powerful. Uh, they have it timed up really well. It's a perfectly legal play. You know, what bothers me is that the NFL, you know, the league is, I don't know if the league is com- complaining about it, but the media sure is making a big deal about it. And last spring, the competition committee had a, an opportunity to review the play and if they wanted to vote on it and outlaw it, to do that. And I remember standing in front of Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel's the co- head coach of the Dolphins, and he's like, in his own very um, entertaining way, he goes, well, is it a legal play? looks around, all the media guys go, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, okay, my verdict is keep the play in. And so the Eagles run it when they have to. They were four or five last week. They are something like 48 of 54 um, the last few seasons doing it. They have a terrific offensive line. They time it very well. They practice it very well. Jalen is an outstanding runner, extremely powerful legs, and that's why it works. And we've seen the Giants run it and get guys hurt. I watched the Chargers run it. And the Raiders stopped it with Justin Herbert. So it's not like, hey, look, everybody can – Tom Brady, for all the great things he did, he ran an awesome quarterback sneak. Well, the Eagles have just taken that and kind of evolved it. And what you have is what we in Philadelphia would prefer to call the brotherly shove. And it works much to the chagrin of the NFL, but much to the delight, to the delight of the Philadelphia Eagles and the fans. It's uh, it's it's quite interesting, um, and it's quite. Do you fun like to play, to... Anita? I love it. Are you, you kidding? Like, like I like okay. I, I love it. I just don't understand. Like, why aren't more teams doing it? And why is it so unstoppable? It's hard. It's hard to do it. Your quarterback has to be a good runner, physical, has to get up in there, and it's it's just not a natural play. Um, I think we also don't see a lot of quarterbacks do great quarterback sneaks, and so that's that's part of it also. But you know. The Eagles, the, the Eagles, teams know when the Eagles are in short yardage situation if the Eagles are going to do it, and yet it's really been hard to stop. Unbelievable. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Always great having you on, my friend. Thank you so much. Anita, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. All right, I want to thank Dave Spadaro for joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Still a lot more coming your way and your calls, 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. We'll be right back. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is what you come in with? This? You don't like Jay-Z? I, I like Jay-Z, but is that, is that what you end the show with, Joe? Why not? What's, what's wrong with Jay-Z to end the show? I, 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 New York listen, State of Mind to end the show. Okay. I, all right. I just, you know, I, I guess maybe like, you know, catch it like a, at a better... Catch it with a hook or something. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I'm not complaining. It's been a great show. You know, I love working with you. Uh, Julian, is Julian still alive? We haven't, has, has he has he said a word or two? I'm here. The show? Oh, there you are. Hi. I'm still with us. Okay, with good. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm used to Corky Harvey chiming in every now and then. Like saying the most obscure things that just make people scratch their head. Um. So that's what I'm used to on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I want to thank uh, our, our slew of guests, uh, all that were great. Again, if you missed it, Patty Trenia, uh joined us earlier on the show. 
had a had an interesting conversation. For all you Giants fans out there, you want to run Daniel Jones out of town. He's a bum. No good. Giants should have never drafted him. Giants should have never re-upped that contract, given him the $40 million a year, yada, 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 yada. All you Giants fans out there feeling that way. You definitely want to hear my interview with Patty Trania. You can listen as a podcast, quote-unquote, on our 98.7 ESPN site. Uh, I'm sure. Did you guys put it up on uh, on Twitter? Yeah, it's there. Okay. Uh, so you can find it. I'll retweet it, at Anita Marks. And, um, and I highly recommend you listen to it, giving us uh, breaks down his contract. What would it mean for the Giants if they traded him? If the Giants right now are sitting, they've got a 10% chance of landing the number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft. Also, they have a 50% chance right now to land in the top five. And you've got some really phenomenal quarterbacks coming out of the draft this year. Caleb Williams, of course, everybody knows. We'll see what he can do against Notre Dame today. We had Joe Wiz on earlier. Uh, Joe Wiz is all about Notre Dame today, so we'll see what happens there. I'm telling Jets fans and Giants fans, uh, watch the UNC University Miami game. The quarterback that I like, who I think is the best quarterback in the country, who if I was a general manager, I would take number one overall, Drake May from UNC. Okay? Working with a lot less than Caleb Williams is working with at USC, but is putting up uh, just as impressive, if not better, numbers. And, uh, and, and I'm really excited about this game and this matchup tonight uh, just because this will be his toughest comp- competition uh, in the ACC, his best defense that he, will have, that he has faced all season long in the ACC. And I'm really intrigued to see what he can do. But uh, I, am, I am over the moon with this young man. I think he's phenomenal. I've spoken to a number of scouts. He par- participated in the uh, UNC Pro Day last year, and scouts said that they were more impressed with him, even though he wasn't able to come out. They were more impressed with him than anyone else. So uh, it's just food for thought. And Patty uh, did an excellent job kind of breaking down what the numbers are for the Giants if they do uh, choose to move on from Daniel Jones prior to June 1st. Also, some thoughts about Saquon Barkley potentially being traded. At this stage in the game, uh, you know, what, what are, what really, what are the Giants playing for? Just, uh, I, I think it's, it's too far gone, even though their schedule does get easier. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, also, Mama Mimi was on, and that was as uh, entertaining as ever. Cynthia Freeland, Joe Wiz, and of course, Dave Spadaro. And of course, you out there really do appreciate it, especially all the calls that came in today. Um, you have Pat O'Keefe, who is following me. He's going to kick off his show momentarily, so no need to go anywhere. Gabriel in Brooklyn, I, I see your calls up. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to get to it, but please hold on. I- I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure Pat would love to entertain the conversation with you as well, so please hold on. Uh, just a reminder, back bright and early tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. for Fantasy Forecast, getting you ready for your Week 6 matchup. Hopefully, I have uh, steered you right, and uh, you're in the win column. At least you've got more wins than losses. And, of course, at 8 a.m., you've got uh, Mike Tannenbaum and uh, Amani Toomer, who joined me for New York Game Day, getting you ready for both the Jets and the Giants matchups and uh, the NFL slate. So everybody have a fantastic Saturday night. Watch that UNC University of Miami game. Uh, stay dry, be safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. What is a tush? 
question. Chubba, hubba, chubbard. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.